Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Tales of Two Teachers with me, M. And me, M. And me, C. There we go. Have we had a C before? That's our first C. No, it's our first yeah. C. Okay, so another um, special guest. Um, we just wanted to pay quick tribute to uh, our fathers, having just had Father's Day. And also, um, because we've got C on the show as well, um, my dad was fuming. I wouldn't say he's the most... Uh, feminist thinking in his approach. He'd probably say he wasn't, you know, full-blown misogynist. I don't know if I'd agree. Um, but he's, he even commented uh, about having more women on the show. So we've taken that advice to heart uh, and instead just had to see on the show instead. Yeah. So In our defence, I have asked a number of our female colleagues mm. and they have shown some reluctance to be on the podcast for whatever reason. And I was looking at the figures. I think C is our fourth male and we have had two females. So it's not like... All right, it's two to one, but it's mm. not like ridiculously no. weighted against. Actually, we also were discussing that at the moment, our, our colleague that we know best, it's becoming more and more male, isn't it? I mean, when I started here, it was mainly female, actually. Yeah. It seems um, to have been a shift recently in the department. Mm. I suppose that's natural as the years go on. Yeah, it'd be cyclical, wouldn't it? Peaks and troughs, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe we can look out, outside of our little bubble for some more guests. I, knew, I know, obviously, we had... Uh, was it Dr. G, as you call him? Yeah. So he and, was outside. Um, he was in your department. And uh, D from music as well. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find some more, um, yeah, some more uh, winning women to come on and <laughs> do the podcast with us. Um, we were also talking about our daddy issues as well. Yeah. Uh, both you and I mentioned this just before we came on the podcast, that we feel that we are, in our life, driven by uh, a desperate need to try and impress our dad in some way, aren't we? Yeah. We both think that that's real. We don't think that's real or really good. Yeah, we haven't said it in a negative way. No, I think it's actually a weirdly quite positive thing. Yeah, and I think it comes from actually their care and love. Oh God, the L word. <laughs> and love in that they want to make us better than them. And mm. I don't think that's a bad thing. I no. think that's becoming a father myself. Mm. I dream that my daughter will be better than me. Mm. I think I'd agree. I've never thought of it that way before. But yeah, I've always wanted to... Impress, I suppose, mm. in yeah. a in a very positive and healthy way. Yeah, you, know, you never put undue pressure. No, and I think in the past, what I've seen is my perception of what is criticism actually is is their desire for you to achieve. Yeah, so it's sometimes it's just nasty. So it's happy when Father's he keep, Day when he keeps telling me like you have done this wrong on this podcast and you're doing that right. You know, yes, Happy Father's Day, Dad. <laughs> 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 they're in Canada at the moment. They're touring around Canada, so they're loving it. Um, Okay, so let's start, shall we? So we've got some questions to start with, though, and then we're going to hear a little bit from um, C, who is actually, uh, well, he's not your boss, but he's my boss. He's A's boss from last week. He's basically everyone's boss, really, isn't he? Um, So we'll hear from him, and then uh, we've got a little uh, quiz to close at the end. But talking of quizzes, I did get it. We got an email. Uh, I did write this email down in full. Um, because it kind of concerns a little bit of the quizzes. So 2M brackets, the one who never wins. So there's you. I won um, once. Yeah, okay. Yeah. She, I think she's missed that. You mentioned last week that M, me, who wins the quizzes, can be too smart with it. Is he as insufferable as he sounds? Is he just pretentious and not actually that smart? That's from Katrina with a C. So, <laughs> Unfortunately, Katrina, I think he's about as smart as he, as he sounds. It is insufferable. We can all agree on that. Well. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's just very well read. He's also lucky, too. <laughs> I never think I'm that insufferable with these quizzes. I can be insufferable, and sometimes I like it, but I don't think I was. Did you read my citation? I don't think you ever come across as being insufferable. I you don't know. You just come across as being very well read, is what I would say. <laughs> God. I like that um, 
there's people who are going to criticise you very well. This is, this is good. <laughs> it is good for me, isn't it? Yes. Did you read my citation that I've written for Governor's Awards? I haven't, yeah. I, well, I, I like it, to, I I like it to be a bit of a challenge. <laughs> but so, just to give a bit of context, um, M had to write a citation for one of his tutees. And it's my job in front of the parents, the children and the governors to read it out. So, well, last time it was a deputy head job. We got very angry when... So yeah. M um, tries to bamboozle me with a um, quite ambitious lexicon, let's say. <laughs> um, but I quite like the challenge, so I never look at it before. I have put some really good ones on there, although um, when they, they read out a break time and everyone was, you know, they said, that's too much, you shouldn't put that in. I think I was too smart. I don't think you can be too smart with these things. These are for these are going. It on. is if it seems like you're being pretentious. No, I don't, but the problem is definitely like, stands out a little bit. I would have said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll look at that again. Who knows? Uh, so, so I'm not as insufferable as I sound. Uh, no, I disagree. You okay. are. Oh, okay. So one yes, one no. I'll take that. Uh, number two. Oh yes, this is from Gus, and actually I really like this. This isn't this isn't a question as such, but it's an idea for next episode. Okay. And it could be the last episode, of the show maybe. Uh, you seem to love quizzes. Could you have a big fat quiz of the year episode? Maybe that could be our finale, where we just bring in everyone, all our guests, and we all just go in a little team and do a quiz. I don't know. It could get unruly though, couldn't it? Yeah, I think it'd be hard keeping people quiet. And we've got some we've got some cheaters in there. We have got some cheaters. <laughs> maybe that's part of the fun though. What, the cheating? Spot the cheater. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, Gus. It sounds like a nice idea. Does it, would that work in a podcast format? I don't know. Like, also, are we, we're not quite as funny as like Richard O.I.D. Well, maybe Jimmy Carr. It's not quite the same impact that perhaps it does. Oh, we're funnier than Jimmy Carr. 100%. We're definitely funnier than Jimmy Carr. Yeah. One of the least that's, amusing yeah, comedians known to man calling. But some of the people that go on that show, we're definitely not funnier than Tarzan. Fair. Don't know, Gus. Probably not. Let's go with probably not, shall we? Yeah. All right. Uh, question three. Uh, and this is from Casey. From Casey, um, have you guys ever considered outdoor teaching? I don't think that means literally just teaching outside, uh, teaching about um, forestry education, that kind of thing. So, have oh, you ever right considered doing street. that? Yeah, I'd love to do something like that, especially mm. to do with like um, conservation. If I could get a similar job with the same money, mm. teaching children about um, wildlife management, management conservation, where to shoot like them, that. where to shoot, where to shoot, where to shoot them, get them quick, <laughs> yeah. humane dispatch. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely would. What about you, see? I would. I think it's an interesting sort of comment on our education system. My mm. my partner is a um, primary school teacher, mm. and it's far more prevalent in primary school than it is in secondary. Mm. It seems to be at secondary school, it's far more, you're going to sit down at the tables, you're going to do what's more classical, traditional. Yeah. But there's definitely something in it that the students will get a lot of value from. It's just got to be planned really well, hasn't it? Mm. To make sure it has a real impact. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting concept. So last week I uh, organised a writing moderation between some of our local primary feeder schools and, and ourselves oh. and um, what came out was that there is this serious disparity as you just alluded to there between the curriculum at primary and secondary school, the diet of the children in, in, those, um, in those areas on the curriculum. Mm. Um, it doesn't run seamlessly from Key Stage 2 to Key Stage 3, that is abundantly clear and something that perhaps we all need to work on but... Um, yeah, tying some of those elements in would probably be nice. Mm. I was wondering, because I know you teach business. Uh, is there not opportunities to teach more inner business? So, obviously, you mentioned about sitting at tables and doing that. Is there not, like, opportunities to, to go to a business and do some of that? There is, but it's difficult to then get the scope that you need to cover, the specifications that you need to cover in mm. time for the GCSE or yeah, the yeah. level that you're going to be sitting, because ultimately you've got to get a lot of content to get through. And you, you'd have to hone in on a real certain topic area, Mm. and then go visit that and see that happen in the business. 
And by the time you've done all that planning and took curriculum time away, you're starting to... You yeah, know, you've done that like young planning. enterprise, haven't you? Yeah, so that's mm. like an extracurricular activity that we do. And we've been lucky to get some grants off the local council, giving us some money to loan money to students. And we do that, which is like an extracurricular activity, which is good. We do school trips. We've been out yeah, to yeah. like Cadbury World and we've seen and linked that back to the curriculum. So there's that element to it, mm. whether or not you can really go and teach via the actual the yeah the immersion yeah it's yeah. more difficult with the time frame mm. that you've got to fit it all in mm. I, I mean when when i had this question about outdoor teaching i literally was just thinking do we teach outside which occasionally we're quite lucky where we are sometimes yeah. classes do go on the benches <laughs> but it's not really about, the same i always think about that guy who used to go outside and just shout poetry at cows he was on the telly <laughs> do you remember him what was his name no. he was an English teacher to get, to get children involved with Shakespeare and poetry he'd just, he just take them outside the fields and just get them to shout poetry at cows that sounds fun I'd like to do that uh, yeah I don't, I'm not sure what the effect was I'm not sure what the yeah. impact was the but um, <laughs> certainly in the short term I'm sure it was a bit of fun very, very well versed cows by yeah. the end of that yeah the smartest cows around um, and why do you think oh yeah this is from Shola. This was quite. This was based. I sent this. Shola. Shola, not Amiobi. I don't not know. Amiobi. Oh, maybe it is Shola. <laughs> maybe it is. It is, but it's a very depressing question. It was about what uh, I sent actually. I think was it was Uganda earlier over the weekend. Um, yes. That school was, and yeah, all those horrific. people were murdered. Um, and Shola says, why does why is it that terrorists target schools regularly, particularly in Asia and Africa? Um, they said that this seems to be something that happens all the time. Well, I would say the. Um that would lie in the definition of what terrorism is, mm. is to evoke fear and terror yeah. in people and nothing strikes terror more than the loss of children, yeah. unfortunately. The media exposure. That it mm. garner, yeah, if, it, if they would have yeah. gone and targeted adult fighting age men, it would I would imagine that's quite commonplace in those parts of Africa and unfortunately it wouldn't make the news. Mm. It's a message, isn't it, that they're trying to send? Yeah, uh, I think probably as well. It's also linked in specifically with what the, some of these groups' aims are. So uh, I think, as far as I remember, a lot of young, um, obviously, boys in, uh, were murdered <clears throat> and the girls were kidnapped, um, which we've seen before. Uh, and I think, obviously, it's, it's to make a point about particularly girls have not having education in some of these, some of these groups' cases. Is it Boko Haram they've taken? can't remember. Was it Boko Haram this time? I can't remember. That is one of their calling cards, isn't it, unfortunately? Yeah. So uh, pretty appalling. And obviously a lot of colleagues of ours, well, not personally, but our profession, a lot of teachers were killed as well. So um, that's what we think, I suppose, Shola. But very sad. And obviously every time that happens, it's, it's appalling. Yeah, and um, Kansas is incredibly lucky that it's very rare in where mm, we live. Very privileged. Yeah. Very privileged. Never happened, really. I don't think it got apart. But what was done yeah. blame the last time, I think, in the UK, as far as I know, in terms of like, appalling attacks, although it wasn't terror as such, I know. But, um, yeah. Probably. Yeah. All right, on to a lighter note then. On to a lighter yes. note. Thank you for the question though, Show It's a good question. Uh, see, you were going to, as usual when we have guests on, you are going to tell us a little bit about your journey through teaching. But also you are the first um, sort of upper level manager. We've had a couple of middle leaders on, haven't we? But in terms of exposure to more leadership and more management you in education, you are our first one who's really got that insider view. So I'd like you to take us through your journey to teaching. Um, as well as give us some insights into management. I think you might have a couple of specifics around that as well. As yeah, fire yeah. the question. Let's start with your journey though, go for it. So I, uh, my undergraduate degree was business management and economics. Mm. Um, I finished that and then went to work for a small graphic design agency. Was there for about three months, wasn't particularly good at it because I don't think my heart was really in it, mm. it was not really there. Um, so I left that and went back to my old secondary school for two weeks and ended up staying for six months. 
Um, <laughs> just because I just loved being in and around the classroom. Started to think, you know what, I, I've got a lot of passion for this. I've got a lot of time for this. And what, so what did you do for those six months? Was it just observation? So, well, it was just getting in, like basically a TA. Okay. At school, mm -hmm. they had a member of staff there that they weren't paying that was there just supporting with lessons and it was behavioural really with some of the students mm -hmm. um, and some of the lower sets as well. So that was really, it was really good. And I was at the time trying to decide what I was going to teach because the thing with being a business studies teacher is they're not that common. There's not many of them out there, so there's yeah. not many jobs in it. So I had to start looking into different routes. Mm -hmm. And I went to computer science because they were offering bursaries at the time to train. Yeah. So they were then paying at that point 200 pounds a week to do a subject knowledge enhancement course in computer science. So that basically paid for my sort of living expenses at the time as mm -hmm. I was getting ready to teach. Yeah. Um, and then that was it. I went off to Edge Hill and did a PGC in computer science and information technology. Um, I started in Liverpool with my teaching and I must have been there for about four weeks and the school was placed into special measures by Ofsted. <laughs> so I just got my feet under the table, just yeah. getting going. Yeah. And they were putting, I didn't even realise, but there's two bands of special measures, one of which means you cannot have training teachers. Mm. Yeah. At that point, we all had to leave. And I knew somebody who was on the school direct programme at this uh, school that I knew well. And um, sort of had a chat with them, got in to speak to the person there, and then that was it. I was came to the school that we're at now. Mm -hmm. um, did a placement here, did a placement at one of our sister schools. Um, doing ICT teaching and um, that was it then really that was the rest is history as they say mm. I was here offered a job which was very kind of them um, I started teaching ICT and at that time I was probably teaching only two hours of business on mm. the timetable mm. and the subject just progressively grew yeah and obviously they'd seen that I had the business management and economics degree so it was natural for me to be a teacher I had a real passion for it mm -hmm. and then it just grew over time and started to teach more and more business to the point then it became such a big thing on my timetable and lots and lots of students were going through it. So I think it just made sense from a management and organisation point of view that it needed leadership. Mm, yes. So that was then came up as a subject leader for business, applied, fortunate to get it. And from there, business was then put into the humanities area. That's right. Which has then led on to the, my current role, which is director of humanities. Mm. And, and it's one of the most successful, I think, GCSE and A-levels in terms of numbers at the moment, business. It's certainly really been growing. growing. Yeah. I think that's partly to do with the government's very contentious decision to remove ICT as a GCSE. So they removed that completely. They Look, kept... there, it's all there. I no, it's not there do. anymore. So you can do vocational qualifications in ICT, but they are not as perhaps engaging mm. for students as the old ICT GCSE GCSEs used to be. Mm -hmm. um, they kept computer science, but the issue with computer science is it's very academic. Yeah. It requires quite high grades in English and math. Mm -hmm. So there's quite and then a number of students who can't access that, mm -hmm. but can't do ICT. So that sort of a general kind of sister subject would be business. Often in schools, you'll find that business and ICT in a department together. Yeah. They're a bit unique here that business is seen as a humanity. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the students that would have been sitting ICT would have switched over to business and then that's been the growth of that, mm. I think. So there are more teachers now than there were, but it's still not the most popular subject. So I've got a couple of interesting observations there. You're the second person now in two weeks where I guess somewhere they felt like they'd failed, not in a negative way, failed in, a, uh, in an area that they wanted to pursue for a career and which led them then towards, um, towards teaching uh, invested time to see if it was really for them and ended up being a well yeah. what is really a successful career for you actually off, mm. off the off the back of that 
it's quite interesting, isn't it, really? Because mm. obviously, A said a very similar thing last week. Never thought about being a teacher until I, I, he went back. As I come in there, I had thought previously about it. I remember when I was in university, I did think about and nearly went to do some experience at a primary school. Nearly went down that route. And it was, I think, literally the placement fell through, so I couldn't go for a couple of weeks. And then from there, it was just a classic. I've been to university, I've got this degree, I find myself back at home. We don't live in the most affluent area. It's not lots and lots of jobs around here for graduates. So I just yeah. sort of fell into this role, account managing, that I just didn't really enjoy doing. Mm. But then there was this sort of link. I knew my old school well. I've always kind of thought, would that be fun? And it was. Mm. And you've applied some of your skills then into a, into a management role. And you've got a, um, a large department, actually, as well, to manage, haven't you? With um, a range of different different types of people, some incredibly experienced staff, some very, very new ETC staff, and seemingly an, an ever-changing um, dynamic for you as well. So what's that like? It's, it's very rewarding. It is challenging, I suppose, at times. Um, it's pushed me to, to improve and to, and to hone my own leadership skills. It's funny, you, when you start off, you battle the imposter syndrome. Very much so. That's something that I would say I've learned. You sort of find yourself in there and think, am I good enough to do this? And you think you're the only person thinking that. But mm. it's through lots of actually, lots of research. I've, I've read quite a lot of books on things like imposter syndrome, something called the alter ego effect, chimp paradox, which is wow. Wow. by wow. Steve okay. Peters. When did you um, feel that you generally felt that when you started this? Yeah, remember. definitely. You know, because ultimately I was coming into a department where I wasn't really an integral part of the department at the time. Mm. I wasn't really up here around everybody because yeah. business was kind of a bit separate at the time. Mm. It's quite a tight-knit bunch up here. Mm. I'm, I'm not the most experienced teacher. I've not been here for years and years and years. And it was one of those where you're coming into it, and I think it's probably natural to feel like that, that you're feeling a little bit like, wow, you know, this is overwhelming. There's a lot of people that have been teaching at least as long as I have. I've now got to lead this. Mm. And you've got to find a way to get over that and remind yourself that actually... I've applied for it and I've got experience and that's why I'm here and try and find a way of getting over it, I suppose. Mm. Well, that's interesting. I, would never, I never actually would have um, taken that. I don't, think, I don't think you, you um, present yourself in that way. No, certainly not. You, know, you seem very confident. You're always a snappy you. dresser. <laughs> loves a chino. <laughs> <laughs> loves a ch- I would never wear a chino. chino. I don't think I could pull a chino off. No. For Seacan. Absolutely. And that's part of just experience and I suppose it is what I've always done is I'll always have a go at it. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's why I've been had some of the successes that I've had. I've always thought, you know what, I'll, I, I'm not afraid to go and have a go at doing that. No. And there's a bit of an alter ego to it. There's a really interesting book called The Alter Ego Effect that I've read and it says that most of the most successful people will have a different version of themselves that they'll create for different mm. times. Mm. Very, very prevalent in um, American football leagues. They'll do that to have this different person that they become when they step onto the pitch. Yeah, right. Beyonce's famous for it. When she gets on stage, she becomes Sasha Fierce, which she presents herself in this completely different way. And it's kind of, when you become a leader, I'm going to become this different person. Mm. And it's the same in teaching. Yeah. The thing you learn early on, after 12 months of teaching, is that... Your, I don't know, so C, I can't say the name, so can I? Yeah. But your teacher name and your home name, two very different people. Yeah. yeah. And You're se- an actor on a stage. You are. Mm-hmm. Separating those two things is one of the most important things, I think. And one of the most important bits of feedback I'd give anybody step into teaching 
Which really you've got to be two very different people. I totally agree. I think like if our students saw us, and sometimes they see us out and about, they would probably not really recognise us when we were about, especially not if I'm watching football. Yeah. Uh, God above. Well, I remember being Party a kid. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you just don't imagine that your teachers have a life outside of school, do you? No. It's just no, that's it's just it. that, isn't it? It's just it's, that it's created Mr. visage almost, and it's just like, that's who it is, and they must go home, go to sleep, yeah. like almost plug in as like a robot. And yeah, and you just, you make this. Sometimes I think you have to, I don't think I could be my normal self in a classroom. No. Um, yeah, no. Just, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> just have to design it and, and then use that, and then as you say, run with it. So, uh, okay, so you run with that in... In, uh, in all sorts of yeah, things. Yeah, to some extent, definitely. Yeah. What does that mean for... Is there, are there any natural leaders then who don't do this? So are there any, any leaders that you can think of or that would mention the book that don't apply these alter egos as much? I don't know. I, because I just don't it's know hard to tell that well, really. But no, because I, think, I don't think you ever see the leaders behind closed no, doors, yeah. do you? you don't. So there's always going to be that facade of some sort, I suppose. You've got to have it there, haven't you? And then you've mm. got to decide upon your leadership styles as well mm. and, and how you're going to go about it because there's so many different ways to lead effectively. And what would you say your leadership style is? Paternalistic mm. and democratic is what I hope for, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. It's something that we study a lot of business. Mm-hmm. Well, that's helped as well, is years of, of studying, mm. reading about business and then teaching it you start to realize what you what fits you yeah i try and be as democratic as possible I try and make the decisions that we take as a team to be from the team for the team about the team with the students best interests in mind all the time yeah it's a bit of paternalistic as well you try you try and care as much as you can and do the right things for people mm. but that's not to say that that's the only way to manage i think it's probably the way to manage a team inside the secondary school mm. you know we are mm. all very emotional aren't we? we're all very emotive we are yeah, people really really care especially when you've got like young staff as well yeah you know in a, in a like i said in an, in an ever-changing educational environment where actually people don't necessarily want to be in these jobs i think you've got to be like that haven't you yeah mm. what do you think do you think dictatorial style of leadership would ever work in well it, it does i suppose it does work in some industries would it ever work in education do you think I think it's it's kind of horses for courses. I think you need some autocracy sometimes mm. if the school is in a position where it needs rapid improvement very quickly yep. and there's stuff across the board that needs to be changed. Have yep. we not got that as the overarching umbrella and then sort of management filters out and you've got the more... Because there are non-negotiables. That's true. Yeah. There is That's true. There's things that don't change for us. Yeah a certain way that the school needs to go. Yeah. That can't be questioned. There's no democracy about it at all. Funny, well, I don't know, because those non-negotiables are often set by teachers themselves. I mean, mm. I think those non-negotiables came from meetings amongst middle leaders that will have then come from the, from the staff themselves that you decide yeah. as a team. Mm. But then the autocracy, I suppose, comes from... You've got to have Someone has a final say. You've got, to, you've got to have an enforcer, haven't you? Yeah. Eventually, you'll get there. And there always has to be some kind of quality assurance. I think that is just the way of the world, unfortunately. No, I agree. But I think good leaders probably can cover all of that with from gamut. So I think you, for example, you would be able to... I would have no doubt that if it came, push came to shove, I think you'd be quite able to slip into that role if it was needed. Yeah. No, I don't think our, our, our department is going to need that. Cause we're oh, you're quite, a tyrant. <laughs> we're all quite nice and committed, aren't we? Yes, so absolutely. I don't think that we need it. But yeah, but it, being able to move across different leadership styles, I think is quite a hard skill. Um, yeah, and then there's different books that you get. There's one that I read, I picked up recently. I'll have to, I don't know what the name of it is, but it's it's based on a deck of cards, and then you mm. pick out a different 
card to play depending oh, yeah. on the hand that, you, hand that you're given. Oh. And sometimes you I've play got a yeah. Got it. It's a blue blue, blue cover. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. Sometimes you play a certain card in a certain situation, and it'll be knowing the theory behind business. It's an it's an autocracy card, and yeah, sometimes yeah. you'll play a more democratic. But I have found far more success in speaking to people, looking them in the eye, talking to them, mm. getting their opinions, mm. and then using that to lead on what you're going to do. Mm. Interesting. So you don't take like a... Because I always wondered about... I don't, I don't mean you generally. I just mean mm. any, anyone working as someone's boss who's in a leadership position. You don't see us as pawn, pawns who moved around and do different things. When I first got the job and I spoke to my, my closest team, so mm. the, the, that we work with, so the other responsibility holders, mm. I said, and I meant it, and I still mean it, I don't see it that they're working for me, I see it that I'm working for them. Mm. Because this is a department and this is a team. And I'm here to know as much as I can about everything that's happening at once yeah. so we can move forward. And sometimes that means that somebody's gonna be unhappy. Yeah, because course. you've gotta make a tough decision, mm -hmm. but for the whole department to go forward, somebody's gonna maybe have to do something. That's what it sounds like you said, it's about protecting them and inspiring them as well, isn't it? Mm. You know, so. I think one of the steps as well is realising that, generally speaking, those above you who are making decisions, if you don't agree with them, they'll be doing it for all the right reasons. They just have information that you just don't have access to. Yeah. And exactly. you have and that's, to just trust. Yeah, that's the, you've got to trust, trust the, process. the process. Yeah, I think that's why. Where sometimes some institutions fall down is that trust is lost yeah. or communication's not good enough. Um, yeah, that's interesting. What would you say Trump's uh, leadership style is? <laughs> Have one. <laughs> um, Don't think be democratic necessarily. He's an isn't autocrat, isn't he? He just says it and he just goes and he's all about himself. It's a very, it's it's a very person persona based leadership style, isn't mm. it? Mm. Uh, I, he just does. He appears to just do everything to further his own interests. Mm. Well, he's like at home. I wonder if he has that. I don't know if that is an approach. I have no idea if that's a, like. A, he was the first person I thought of when you said it. Do any of these leaders not do that? Mm. Is that just them? Mm. He was the first mm. person I thought of. But it's not a persona. It's just maybe him all the time. Yeah. I, I can't imagine if there's any democracies to his decision making, mm. and he is supported very, very highly by the whole of the civil service behind him. Mm. And he's all just about power and the collection of power, mm. isn't he? Mm. I'm mm. sure he would massively, obviously, disagree with that. <laughs> and there'll be plenty of other people who will also disagree with that as well. And You've used a lot of long words there. I'm not sure he, I'm not sure he could no, follow No, but and he'll have his own agenda that he's, that he's furthering. But I, I don't know. Hmm. I can't see that he's anything other than really likes to say that he lives in the White House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the reason I say it is because I think of all, I'm not, oh, this is going to come out as kind of servile and brown nosing, but it isn't. Of all the people in the department, I think you are probably the, the person who genuine, genuinely, if you someone's talking about something, you're interested in it. Um, oh, suck up, suck up. <laughs> no, but genuinely, like, you, could, you go from a load of different things and you, you generally, you seem to be interested in what other people are talking about all the time. Uh, and I, I mean, I certainly don't have. If someone's talking about something like the Greatest Brew Bake Off, I just want to leave the room. Um, you, I've noticed you're, you, have a, you are exceptionally good at a large number of different things and thinking about those things. And I like talking about politics with you particularly, so. Can I throw a curveball in before we do our little quiz? Oh, God. Because I think just two minutes on some, another part of C's life. Go for it. Because um, he holds a bit of a record in school. Oh, yes. okay. You know what well, I'm talking about? I think it's under threat, though. Didn't you say it's under threat? Well, there's a contentious loss. Yeah. A contentious loss. But. In what? What is this? In? This is fantasy football right, okay, because yeah. C mm. is an absolute genius. He's a god at it, he? he is a god yeah. when it comes to fantasy football. Genuine. Now, bear in mind, we have like 1,400 children 
100 plus staff yeah. at our school yeah. it's not like he's competing here against six or seven people there's like hundreds and hundreds of people he's competing against and you have proven over a, a number of years yeah. to be um, very good at it so what's your secret <laughs> secret is data and you've really got to it's not about just watching match of the day you've mm. got to understand who's got the highest expected goals there's also lots and lots of data out there to support you so it's not enough just looking at. So are you running figures? You're running your own I, figures? Well, I'm not running my own figures. Is that no. up to Joe? It's up to Joe. Yeah, that's a good There's idea. There's an incredibly lively and active Twitter community mm. that you can, you can take information from. Mm. And then it's just like anything else in life, really. You have a look at all that information. And then you just go You've got it. to be busy with it too, haven't you? Because yeah, if, you're, if you're not changing your players in and out, so I get fed up after exactly. a game. As soon as I get an injury, I can't be bothered taking them out. You've got to be looking at it all the time. You've got to know what your next four fixtures, eight fixtures, twelve fixtures are. Mm. You've got to understand when the double game weeks are going to be because mm. then you get double points. So this is applying players. sort of like your business and almost like your leadership style to to the game. Almost. Oh, I suppose so it's more like just like, like sitting there and just. <laughs> so you're a sadder. Yeah, <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to help <laughs> you out, but no, ultimately sadder, you're a sadder. But you played a lot of championship manager in your day, same oh, as I did, didn't you? We played a lot of those football manager on the PC, which uh, I don't do much anymore. But I used to play a lot of championship manager, yeah. and I, but I never translate to have fancy football. I have the same problem you have if someone gets injured I just say oh I can't I, can't, I forget or yeah, yeah I just and then also I'm quite partisan so I would never put a Spurs player in wouldn't matter Chelsea yeah, that'll never get yeah, wouldn't yeah. put a Chelsea player in wouldn't put a Spurs player in I like that I'd never put a Liverpool player in probably wouldn't put a Man United player oh, in that's, that's no. that's yeah, and then the problem is like, if we, I wouldn't put Harry Kane in so I've already I've I've lost, lost a ton of yeah. points there and I'm, it's never going to happen so I just wouldn't be able to bring myself to do it so uh, yeah I think I'm just too partisan and too lazy there we are then I would like to pose a question just thought of. Oh my God, no one's done this before. Whilst we're on the leadership style of things, mm. for you two, who would you say are your good examples or people that you would say you have been good leaders, either that have led you or maybe more so in, in wider life? So I would, for example, I, I would say, I, personally, I'm very inspired by Jurgen Klopp. And I appreciate that there's certainly some partisan in the room that can totally disagree with that. Old Clippity. But that having watched him completely transform a football club and be incredibly, I can say, sort of paternalistic, Mm. but also he's an autocrat when he needs to be, quite an inspirational man, as is Barack. I I have a strong dislike for for Liverpool, but even I can see, obviously... He's a very inspirational character. The way he is, the way he is with the players, you see, you see it on the touchline. The way yeah. he's with the younger players, he he just inspires. You can see that, and he does bring out the best in people. I can't deny that. I think we have sort of touched on this in the past. Certainly, I well, have. We still, we've spoken about historical people. Who yeah, so. I can't look past people like Teddy Roosevelt, but probably for different <laughs> reasons than you. I do, you know, I do like some of the things that they did, but also I like a leader who leads from the front. I yeah, do. You do. I you? do. That's that's me. I do. I like someone who practices what they preach. Mm. Um, certainly, Teddy Alexander the Great. People like that did that. Yeah. Um, I see. You know, I'd like to see some parts of the way I am in them. So that's mine. You're quite militaristic with that. So you love it. I know that it's usually conflict, or if there's something, usually a bust up. You really want to see them in the midst of that yeah, bust. Yeah, I, I like to see them. Yeah, in yeah. in difficult times. I think you know you see the best of people in difficult times. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, come on. Oh, on Klopp, I think Klopp's got similar to what you're talking about about how you see individuals. I mean, he is probably I can't think of many, maybe Guardiola, but 
I don't actually know, probably not as good at improving individuals within the team as well. So he has a lot of players he brought in who were quite good, yeah. Mane, Jota, um, who were very good, but then he just took them to a different level. And I know he has lots of coaching ability to do that, but a lot of it, I think, is interpersonal with him, yeah. just about Definitely. just digging into them as a person and really bringing that out. Look who he's turning Trent into. Yeah. I think Fergie could do that as well. Probably That's probably true, yeah. And yeah. I think you've got a, a cracker in Arteta. I think he's yeah, yeah, I think he's probably learned that from Guardiola. Like you said, uh, Fergie. Uh, I remember watching um, I think it was Man United under 18 to playing at Southport. Mm. David Beckham, Nicky Bort, the Nevilles, um, they were all playing. To bring that and their kids, bringing those kids through and turning them into what he did is nothing short of remarkable, really. Yeah. I think a lot of that is actually probably to do with the psychology of management, so uh, of leadership as well. So, I don't know, 40, 50 years ago, these managers, these leaders, they probably weren't thinking about developing interpersonal skills. They were basically thinking, can I make them a bit fired up before the game by using some swear words or telling them to go and kick seven shades or whatever out of everyone. But it's a bit different now, I think. And I think leadership's probably a bit different as well. You said about how much has been written about it. Apart from, you know, works by great leaders, mm-hmm. which occasionally do talk about how to be a leader, there's not that much out there consistently about it. So. The difference is now, you've got to assume all those lads in that, in the training in the training field all the lads in the um the dressing room mm. they've all got that ability the difference is mental yeah and that's there, that yeah. i think that's what they're trying to tap into the yeah. psyche yeah. and it's certainly that uh, team of liverpool's that um narrowly missed out on the premier league following season wins the premier league yeah, yeah, yeah. narrowly misses out on the champions league following season wins, wins the premier it, league yeah. that shows incredible mental resilience yeah I, I also think if you look back at the eighties, nineties, I don't know. Did you watch that documentary where Harry Redknapp went around with? Uh, oh God, he went around with a few players. David, I think David Seymour was on it, um, and there were a couple of players. I can't remember his name now, but they were obviously they had the eighties and nineties where I don't think they did much focus on this mental side of it. And they were wrecked, so they were their mental health was appalling, and yeah. they just had like they were. They, they, this was a documentary series, like they were on holiday basically, talking about their life, and they were like weeping. They were ruined because they hadn't they hadn't had that psychological side of development as well. They'd basically just been told, you know, you're great, go go drunk, and then they didn't. There was no psychological development. I think a lot of them were probably stuck in their twenties still. I think it's part of these elite sports teams. It's part of the, the selection process now as well. Mm. You can be a wonderful player, but the references about your character and your ability to deal with pressure are huge. Things. I mean, more we, metrics now to, me- to measure it. Definitely. I mean, we look at some of the, like, the kids who are in academies at our school. Mm. Mm. People think, oh, they, they live this great life and, you know, don't get me wrong, the money, the flash cards, etc. And that's fantastic. But the sacrifices, a lot of them lose their childhood. Yeah. They're training every night. Yeah. You know, it's an awful lot to expect. You think about that's Wayne Rooney's scoring goals forever when he's 16 years old. Mm. He didn't have a childhood. No. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the price they pay, I think. Absolutely. And then a very short career. Yes. As well. we'll finish this little bit with quoting from our very first podcast. I think Arsene Wenger said, to build a, a house as a football, you need to start with the roof, the head. So I think a lot of that, probably he helped with a lot of that in the Premier League, actually. Definitely. I think that's, that's really good. Thank you for that. That's some really good yeah, yeah. insights into leadership. Yeah, and yeah, observations yeah. Very interesting. Um, we can finish. Do you want to finish with this one? Yeah. Oh, we love it, don't we? Right, so... Um, <laughs> We know how much you love quizzes. I quite enjoy them as well, but you seem obsessed with them. Um, so I've just got 10 quizzes here from... This is a BuzzFeed quiz, and you know how, you know how highbrow I am. Insufferably <laughs> so, apparently. Uh, so it, it took a lot for me to 
screenshot these. But these are 10 little general knowledge questions about did you know? So these are like did you know little things. <laughs> Do I can answer yes? Brilliant. <laughs> you got a point. Well, you can prove it by getting me the answer and then you get the point. So I'll keep track of the scores. Don't forget, Em, you've, you hardly win any of these. Oh, I might as, win uh, today. As that, I might win today. As Katrina was keen to point out, so make sure you do a bit better. Right, so let's go straight in here. Um, so we've got... How are we buzzing in? Or do, are we not? Are we, well, you just ask C first, and if he doesn't get it, I'll see if I can get it. How kind of you. Well, we'll rotate, shall we? We'll start with C for the question okay. one. Uh, the oldest ever living terrestrial creature, do you know what it was? And for a bonus point, you want to know, you can see closer how long it live. I know the answer What we're defining as a terrestrial creature. Things that live on the land. Right, yeah. The oldest ever... Lone record, only the one we got on record. I imagine it's a um, turtle. Is it a tortoise? Oh, yeah, tortoise. Giant tortoise. tortoise. You can have that right back. Right, and how old do you think it was? Let's go. Right, so where's the 126. No, I think it's 200 and something. 212, something like that. 255. So you can yeah. have a point each there. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. 255 years old. 255 years yeah. old is this record. Good. How long has lived? Yeah. Imagine what it's made. Is it not so alive? I don't think so. I think it's dead. I think it's dead. I saw something the other day about one. Yeah. Uh, this is a good one. Do you think that Lego... Oh, sorry. Is this true or false? Lego produce more tyres each year than uh, real tyres are produced for cars. True or false? Who's going first? Uh, M this time. True. You're true? Mm. It is true. Yeah. So Lego produce more tyres uh, each year than anything. That was easy. That was easy. Brilliant. All right. All right, let's have this one then. Uh, it's coming out soon as a film, Barbie, Margot Robbie and Ryan yeah. Gosling. Um, do you know Barbie's full name? No. I don't. I have a guess of her first name. I don't know, I couldn't guess. I don't know. Barbara. Barbara is indeed her first name. Do you know the rest of her name? I don't. Barbara Millicent Roberts. Very kind of old wasp. Well, I have only half a point for You can have half a point for that, yes. Barbara. Um, this is a nice one. In Nevada, there is a, a mountain, and on that mountain there is pink snow. But do you know what that pink sm snow smells like? It's got a distinct smell. And I'll give you a clue, it's a fruit. It's you first, Mr. Hansen. I don't think, the, I think the pink's a, um, a red herring. It's, it's not really. Oh, it's not? No. Um, a pink fruit. Raspberries. Raspberries, good guess, but no. Strawberries. No, another good guess, but no. It's watermelon. Oh, right. So you no. can smell this snow and it smells like watermelon, apparently. Cool. Why? Generally. I don't know. I didn't look into the science. It's a good question. There you are. That's what we do as teachers. We don't know, isn't it? Go yeah, find go out. Tell me next week. Absolutely. Uh, watermelon farm nearby. What percentage of the world lives in the northern hemisphere? So what percentage oh, of the population? See, go for it. We can have close to the geographers when I need them. <laughs> what percentage of the world lives in the northern hemisphere? I reckon certainly more. Mm -hmm. 70? 70 percent. Okay. Over two thirds? Yeah. 68. Ooh. Unbelievable, it's 90%. Can you imagine really, that? Really? 90% of the Northern Hemisphere, so see, that's a point for you. Wow. Unbelievable, that is it? 90%. Um, what's this one? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is, this is, oh, yeah. How much of your life on average in months do you spend at a red light? Oh. Uh, not, not a, not a, for women of the night. <laughs> in, in, a, in a vehicle, stopped. Um, how many months? It's in months, yeah. Again, the closest can have it if you like. But how many months? Do you spend sat at a red light of your life? This is depressing, actually, when you think about it. Um, 
Six months. Six months. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'm going to go longer. I'm going to say nine months. Ooh, it's, it is seven months. Seven. There you go. Imagine that. Imagine we have to sit for seven months of our lives at a red line. Really, <laughs> not Just do what you did, drive through. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the sky on Mars is red, but what colour are their sunsets? I say there, it's, it's sunsets. Nice. is going to be a strange colour. It's actually quite easy if you think about it. Say something, I'm emergency table kicking. It's um, you first. How would it be? Green? Green? Um, it's got to be something to do with the yeah. colours and how, yeah, how they mix. So, or, orange, you said. Red is the, is the colour of the sky. He's gone for green for sunsets. So, orange? Orange. No, it's blue. Blue, blue sunsets. Yeah. Which I think is, is possibly where Thingy, um, Star Wars gets some of his sunsets. They've got blue, mil- they got blue sunsets in a couple of their planets. <laughs> <That's laughs> I think that's where I got it from in yeah. my head. Yeah. Uh, question 8. Why do bottles of water have an expiration date? Why, <laughs> why do they have a why do they have expiration date? Yeah. Uh, Probably not. Oh, is it something to do with the oxygen inside no. the bottle? Not to do with oxygen inside the bottle. Is it the degradation of the plastic? Very good. It's the degradation of the plastic. So it's how long this plastic will take to uh, degrade. Excellent. Um, oh my god, this is. What if it was a water like um, bottle made of glass? Yeah, I could have. I was about to say bottle. I meant plastic. You're right. Yeah. Uh, which continent sits in all four hemispheres? See, you're up. Asia. Mm. And then? Um, oh. I think you're probably right, but I'll have to pick a different one, won't I? I'm going to go with um, Africa. Africa. It is indeed Africa, not Asia. Yes, there you are. And finally, where is the world's largest pyramid? Amy, you're up. Um, where is in the country or the, or the continent? The country. What? The country. Uh, it's probably the one in oh, South America. I'm going to go... Uh, is it a Mayan one in, in Peru? Peru? See? Yeah, I would have gone down the same line of thought. I'll just be, I'll just be boring and I'll go Egypt. Just oh. So Egypt is the most uh, most guessed, but it's actually Mexico. Mexico. But it is South America. Yeah. Is it the, the Grand Pyramids? What's Tenochtitlan yeah, used to be Mexico City? Is now? Uh, I can't remember what it's called. I've actually... Uh, I, I do know it because I play it's on Age of Empires 2 and I build it all the time. Now I forgot this name. Did they predate the Egyptian pyramids? Or the Egyptian pyramids predate the Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the Egyptian ones are much bigger. Yeah. yeah, but they're not bigger. Yeah. The biggest is in uh, Mexico. Right, oh my god. Well, he'll be, his someone's going to be insufferable now. Uh, it's, uh, it's me by nose, isn't it? It's three and a half points. No, hang on, four and a half points to M and three to C. Yeah. We are M, so you, you won go, the you second won. ever quiz. Well done. Well done. Right. Good work. Um, next week. Hmm. Well, there are some, the, the listeners have sent in a couple of topics to talk about next week, which we can do. What are they? Um, oh, God. So do we want to just mention them briefly? I've, I've forgotten them. They're in the emailing box. So whoever you are, whatever you've been doing, well done. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah. Uh, we will do it, anyway. We will try to get a female guest on as well, I think. 
Yeah, we can see about next week. Just haven't got we have actually asked, one wanted to do a rehearsal beforehand. And this is 45 minutes, so that would be an hour and a half. Who's that? Um, next week, yeah. We're not, not doing oh, a rehearsal. No, we're not doing a rehearsal. Which is one take, mate. Yeah. Well, that's just about all we've got time for this afternoon. But just before we go, I thought we'd leave this with the email address, of course. Uh, Tales of Two Teachers at gmail.com. Uh, so for now, that's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. I'll see you all soon. Bye.